Hello and welcome to the Nordic Web Podcast with myself, Neil Murray, and Carsten Deffert. Hi, Carsten. Hello. Hello. Uh, this week we will be talking about Universal Avenue, the Swedish sales startup who've just raised $5 million. We will be talking about Air Donkey, another kind of Uber for X. This time it's for bicycles. Coming out of Copenhagen, they've currently got a Kickstarter out and they were featured in The Guardian this week. And finally, we'll talk about Stockholm and the growing kind of VR scene there. And Carson will also talk about his time at Stockholm Tech Fest and an update on Mocho Mira. But first, let's start with Universal Avenue. So they've just raised $5 million via North Zone and interestingly, Salesforce Ventures. I say interestingly because they're an on-demand Salesforce startup. So it's quite interesting. They're, they're kind of like a more niche, say, freelance or elance, like really digging down into a vertical and doing yep. it. Do you actually have like a good idea what they're doing? What's their services? Uh, yeah, so I think, uh, as far as I understand, is essentially that they are on-demand Salesforce. So they, if you have a, I think it's really aimed at kind of like small, medium businesses. And if you need a Salesforce quickly, say, to sell one product or to trial a product or just you need to hire them for a couple of weeks or a month, then you would go, you can use Universal Avenue's platform to do that. I actually had a failed startup in this area myself. Uh, so it's quite uh, interesting to see them see them go forward with this. I definitely think it's a really interesting market. So I totally believe in the business. Actually, I think it's really cool. Yeah. What 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 do you think they're doing right? Or I mean, from your perspective, having a background in a similar field. Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe they they're, they're in the right moment right now. I feel like that there's been more of a shift or more of an acceptance in terms of like the the freelance and sharing economy. So I just think that they've perhaps capitalized on the right time. And of course, it's kind of there's there's more and more uh, entrepreneurs. There's more and more small medium businesses. So there's more people who do need this kind of flexibility mm-hmm. around salespeople. Yeah, exactly. So because that's also how I understand it. It's mostly it's a freelance sales network and. I also think it's it's fun how they mention it. Like they're talking about being a brand ambassador on their website. Like it's not even sales. It's much more like become an ambassador for companies which you think are good. Yeah. I I think that's an interesting approach. approach. Yeah. I think that's a good approach because also I think when you are like an early business, like as well as sales, it also matters to kind of get feedback, right? So the people that you have representing you in terms of your sales you need them to capture all sorts of information from the person, also to represent your brand and what you're trying to get across. So yeah, of course, the sales part is important, but there's also like many little facets that also make up the role. So I do also like the kind of brand ambassador approach. One thing I will say about it, though, is which something which really, really annoyed me about the, the coverage of it is yeah. that when they... So they raised a seed round before, I think, like $1 million or something like that around that. And then there was an article saying, uh, well, this this could be the next Swedish unicorn. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, maybe I've mentioned this on the podcast before because it is something that, that really gets to me. But in the follow-up article when they've announced it's $5 million, uh, it's like, yeah, they said, oh, we might. We said before that you might be the next unicorn. You know, how do you feel about that? Like, I find it really, really frustrating because I feel that... Uh, when we're like glorifying unicorns is that no one actually knows what it means um like it's a billion dollar company right that's Um, huge yeah with a valuation but how do you get a billion dollar valuation it's because you've raised a lot of money yeah so if you raise one million dollar you can't say oh you're going to be the next unicorn 
No, 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 no. Because you're, oh, you're years you... and years and years away from p- even potentially being a unicorn. All it is is if you're a unicorn, you've raised a hell of a lot of money. One million dollars exactly. or five million dollars is not a lot of money. So exactly. I mean, you could theoretically be a unicorn and raise one million dollars. Just that, then it would be like yeah. for a, a really small percentage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In theory, you could. <laughs> in, in in like practical terms, like it's it's just not going to happen. So like, yeah. I feel like yeah, it it just worries me a little bit that we're perhaps kind of yeah. I think oh. Stockholm is and Sweden has recently gone a bit unicorn mental. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think the entire startup uh, scene. But I, I would actually agree on that, especially uh, in the bigger hubs like Stockholm. It's uh, yeah, a little bit, especially in the media, a little bit too unicorn. Yeah, fixated or what you would call that. So yeah, I mean, it's just. I mean, who was it? One of the VCs released this. Uh, ah, the seven upcoming uh, unicorns from Stockholm. Who was it? Was it Crandom? I think. Yeah, yeah. And um, who did that? And it's also like, yeah, that's cool. I mean, they, and that that's. I mean, of course, all those startups listed there are most likely going to be unicorns. There's none there, which is really a, a big surprise. But they aren't yet, uh, and they still talk about them as becoming unicorns. Yeah. And now you're talking about like a really small startups, or not really small, but like very a lot earlier startups. Yeah. And like, oh, wait, these will be unicorns. And that's a little bit too uh, early to actually say anything yeah, about. Because, exactly. I mean, it, it takes years. I mean, look at the unicorns they are, that they are in the Nordics now. I mean, there it's five to ten years of work. Hard, hard, hard work. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, a uni- and unicorn is nothing. It doesn't mean anything. It just means you have valuation. You know, it doesn't, yeah, yeah. It doesn't no, actually I mean, mean you're nailing your market or you're making money. I no, mean, no, no, that's it, true. It really true. doesn't mean much. Yeah, I mean, it, it means that you, that uh, uh, a lot of people with a lot of money think that you're onto something. Yeah, yeah, and that's quite good. But they can still be wrong, of course. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, yeah. They're, they're clearly not a, a unicorn or even on their way to being a unicorn uh, universal avenue at this point. However, I do think they do have a really interesting model. Um, I'm pleased that they raised five million more, and I, I look forward to following what they do with it. Yeah, I mean, but when we're talking about technicalities regarding announcements and stuff like that, what surprised me a little bit was that it was announced as a seed round. I think. Okay. Uh, if I remember correctly, in the and I think it was a Swedish Star Space which wrote about it. There was also like a hmm, five million seed, five million dollar seed round. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, the the terminologies uh, at yeah. the moment or the classifications are like all over the place. I mean, yeah. I think they'd probably say like it's like a second. Yeah, I'm just looking now on Crunchbase. It says seed. Yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah. That, and that's actually they've now raised seven million in yeah. total. So like, yeah, I think that was definitely more of a, a Series A. Uh, like, I mean, it's certainly in terms of size. I mean, yeah. a top top kind of seed round in the Nordics is three million. Like, you, yeah, exactly. You don't so see five. anything more than three typically in the Nordics. So I think five. You've got to say that's a Series A, especially yeah. when you've raised two million before. Yeah, exactly. The, probably the two million was the seed round or something. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's, no, no. It, it's yeah. terminology in that sense. Yeah. But it's interesting how, how, I mean, and I think everybody who's also in this uh, startup field or especially a little bit outside, the terminology is really um, not the easiest to, to know because there's also very few spaces where there actually are good explanations. Ah, what does it actually mean? With a seed round or Series A? Or... Yeah, definitely. I mean, even when you, when you have tech journalists proclaiming someone could be a unicorn when they've raised a couple of million, then you know that there's a problem with, with kind of terminology and understanding the exact terminology for everything. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, media and press isn't always known for being the most correct. <laughs> for being accurate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's how it is. That's how it is. Yeah, that's true. Cool. Well, let's move on to uh, a market which is perhaps a little more uh, saturated. Well, not the market, but the, the kind of... The, the concept. This, yeah, the concept, the type of startup. So an Uber for X. And this is an Uber for bicycles. And this is a Danish startup, Air Donkey, who... Yeah, I mean, it literally is Uber for bicycles. Yeah, no, that's true. And, it, and it, I, I like the concept. I like the appeal. I mean, it's Air Donkey is a product from a startup called Donkey Republic, uh, which actually makes like smart locks for bicycles. And now they've made a product which is more or less, uh, yeah, you put this on a bicycle and let other people manage to unlock your bicycle. Yeah, that's a basic concept. So, it's, I mean, it's also like, is this actually Uber for, and that's like, it's been compared to Uber for bicycles, but also, I mean, you don't, it's not that you have a, have a rider which drives you around. No, that's true. It's more it's, about, it's more like, it's more Airbnb if you would like that yeah. comparison. It's more like you have a bike and when you're not using it, somebody else can use your bike. Yeah, that's true. It's more like sharing economy and making yeah. kind of what's available. Uh, when yeah when you're not using it yeah no that that's very true i think it's a cool concept like i i would love for this to work i think it will work in denmark in the netherlands <laughs> outside of there i mean you almost have you're, to change a whole culture yeah you're probably true i mean especially if you know, netherlands nordics uh also i think a lot of the european cities are quite yeah. bike heavy of course amsterdam and copenhagen are yeah, extremely yeah, exactly. So uh, I think actually in Europe it might work pretty well in that sense. But of course, I mean, it's not by in, by accident that this is Copenhagen-based because just, I mean, the, the re- relation that uh, people have to bicycles in Copenhagen or in uh, Amsterdam, that's just, you don't really have that in any other cities. Uh, oh, we're true. so extreme. I, I mean, and in the UK, there's Boris bikes, and that's essentially the same, right? You're you're paying to to borrow a bike for a set amount of time. So there is precedence in the UK as well, yeah, which yeah. could obviously be a, a big. Well, London could be a reasonably sized market for them as well. So yeah, no, I I think it does work, but I I yeah, I'm not sure about the kind of huge scale. I think it will it will definitely work. Uh, they'll definitely be challenging in getting people to use it, but uh, I think they. I mean, in the when you're buying this kit, you get the, their lock, but you also got like all kind of things you could put on your bike to make it visible. Because of course, that's also one of the things you need to actually find the right bike. Bikes are harder than than if you would just do car sharing in the same similar way. Then you could actually uh, go by like number plates, and here it's like hmm, bikes are clustered together uh, and. Can be quite hard to tell apart. So, but they're working on branding for the bicycles as well, like orange signs or yeah. orange uh, things you can put on the bikes. So I think that actually will give awareness to it as well. If you just would have car sharing, people wouldn't really know about it. And that's in the same sense because the car would still mostly look like a car. And so I think it, they can definitely get some uh, traction just because it's built. It will be visibly um, like something you can see as well. People riding around. Uh, on them but yeah. of course yeah, the total market is definitely not as big as uh, uber or airbnb no definitely not but uh, actually we talked about uh, terminology and messaging so actually yeah we, our suggestion is they should be airbnb for bicycles rather than uber. Yes. yeah i agree yeah. actually yeah they were saying it themselves it was in a guardian article they've done well to get already get publicity i mean it was a guardian article that i had kind of heard about them but it was there that they really kind of 
caught my attention. So they've done well to kind of get uh, at least people interested in the concept. And I'm just going to check their Kickstarter and see how it's doing. So they're looking for 100,000 euros. And da -da 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 -da, it's not very easy to see how much they've raised already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, available soon on Kickstarter. Oh, so they, they're well into the kind of publicity drive beforehand. I, I'm sure they'll reach 100,000. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, uh, and I mean that would be good. I mean, what was it? The cost will be what did you say, eighty dollars yes, or something 80, like yeah, that? Yeah. So I mean, yeah, they'll read. Yeah, that's good. I mean, with some luck, they'll probably maybe break a million on the Kickstarter, which shouldn't be impossible um, with that concept. No. Yeah. So, well, well, maybe we'll report back on this one once the the campaign gets underway. Yeah. But interesting, I like it, and also nobody has really done it. I mean, I've seen some startups or some more like uh, mature tech uh, companies as well doing things in this area, like bike sharing. But uh, I think this is how you need to do it. Yeah, yeah, I like the the way they're doing it, and it is weird that no one has really kind of uh, yeah nailed this market yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly, because the need is definitely there. Yeah, cool. So our last main topic today is the rise of VR startups in Stockholm. So just to give a bit of background about this, there's an article in Break It saying kind of here's what you need to know about uh, Swedish VR startups right now. And kind of the background to that is the fact that we had Resolution Games raising a big round recently. And that's the guy, uh, the, the guy who's involved in that was one uh, credited with being the main brains behind Candy Crush Saga. Uh, so they've got a really strong team behind them, and they raised uh, yeah, a very big round, and it was actually the biggest for a VR uh, gaming company, I think even a VR startup so far. So that kind of was like, oh, that's interesting. But then they've, Stockholm has also had 13th Lab acquired by Facebook before. So they've yeah. kind of had two big things happening now in this space. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's, I mean, there's definitely a VR community uh, getting, yeah, quite large in the Nordics, and in Stockholm. And I mean, just having one company actually being acquired uh, in that sense really will boost that entire scene a lot. Um, just because it will also make it easier for startups to raise money from investors because they can see there's actually a good exit strategy. And I think the story break it had about it is. Uh, interesting in that perspective that they actually talked to kind of a lot of, a lot of investors and a lot of them were actually still like ah we are keeping our eye on VR but uh, we're not really investing uh, in that sense or not investing very much uh, into it uh, and I think that's a little bit how that scene is at the moment that people find VR really interesting and just because uh, Oculus was acquired by Facebook and you have the Microsoft HoloLens and all that all those like major tech companies doing something in VR and of course the Google had uh, glass and then Google had their uh, box uh, their like amateur VR stuff no cardboard sorry Google cardboard was yeah. it called um, and I mean so everybody knows that there will something will happen but I think everybody also knows that nobody really knows what will happen uh, so it's a lot of high bets at the moment, I think. Yeah, I think you touched on something very interesting in terms of the community because that's also what I've noticed. There's like regular meetups in Stockholm. There's quite a cluster of VR startups now. And it feels like similar to like the, the gaming, like just the gaming scene. So then you had like one big exit or you had like a couple of big rounds. And it's, uh, as I think I've said on this before, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. 
And I think like there doesn't seem to be any particular real like hubs around the world that are yet known for kind of or oh, they're really really good at like VR. Mm. Um, and like for my money, kind of Stockholm is is as is as good as any in terms of of, of what yeah. I've heard is what's happening in a scene. Yeah, but I think also this is a scene where like. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's the tech itself is f- still very new and it's still very like abstract in one way or another of course i mean you can try the oculus rift or something else and you will be i mean it's it's impressive to use the, those technologies but it's still like there, there aren't any good use cases yet i would no. say uh, and everybody is betting on gaming or uh, uh, something like that that will be what what will be huge in the future but it hasn't it hasn't really gone to that point yet so before everybody has an oculus or something else at home people will be a little bit very like hmm will this actually be as big as everybody thinks Every, i think everybody agrees it's really cool yeah. will it actually be big yeah. that's uh, i think actually the, the the kind of the saddest thing is is i i think that it will probably be biggest in the porn industry or like <laughs> it, it's kind of yeah. sad but like to me that like it seems to be where a lot of the kind of innovation or a lot of the kind of market experts say that this will probably it will probably be where it will go mainstream first at least which is could be could, yeah. could actually be but i think it will i'm not really convinced because i don't think it will go mainstream in the porn industry before people have it at home yeah, yeah. so you need you need to have first have an excuse to buy the device yeah if you understand yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah. so, no, so bef- like of course i think uh, porn on, on a device like this will will just as on any other device be a, a huge market, but it will, it will first be a huge market when people have the device. It won't be a, a driver to the device. If you yeah, no, I think you're right actually. Yeah. Um, so so it, first people need to buy it, and I haven't really seen anybody buy it more like as a fun toy or as an experiment. So we'll see. But I mean, I have quite good connections as well in the in the movie industry. And they're they're actually really eyeing on the Oculus and like okay wait this will actually be the future of storytelling. So the, the interesting thing is that both the gaming industry as well as like the entertainment industry yeah. is looking at uh, VR and, and betting on it. And like okay here we need to keep up to date what's happening here and we need to experiment. How do we do good documentaries with VR? How do we do uh, good movies or yeah just good entertainment? Uh, so it might really be this blending between games as entertainment and movies as entertainment um, in the future. Very interesting field. Did you bump into uh, any VR startups or see any when you were at Stockholm Tech Fest? No, not uh, no, not no VR people. I, not, 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 nobody I bumped into, but I don't know all those startups, no. uh, so I don't haven't really that. But good. how was it? Was it good? It, it had an incredible uh, speaker lineup. I had to go to Pirate Summit. Um, but I was quite uh, sad to miss uh, Stockholm Tech Fest. So yeah, so Stockholm Tech Fest was um, it was really good, uh, but at some points it was also really not good. It was okay. a really interesting uh, uh, mixture. So like in, in total, uh, it was a great event. I, I must say that. I mean, I don't really know what their budget was. I don't really know how it was organized, like in practical terms, behind the scenes. But I mean, the lineup was great, and just being able to do an event like that is is huge. Yeah. So in total, I must say, really, really good. Um, but I mean, there was a lot, a lot of small practical things which just were like weird. Like um, you got name badges which were black, so, and then you had to write your name with like a white 
markup pen, which didn't really work. So like nobody could like name badges didn't work. Uh, you had like a an agenda on the on the name badges, which was like ah nine till ten now is the future of transportation, and then it didn't say who was on stage. So I was like, okay, wait, the people I wanted to see, when, when are they going to be on stage? I don't yeah. know. It's a, a lot of small details like that, which was just a little bit weird, considering it was such a huge event and such a huge lineup. Yeah. So it's like it's a little bit uh, contradictionary uh, to it. And then, the, uh, I mean, I saw most of the sessions, and I was there with Mutchumera as well, so I was part of the startup yeah. uh, uh, exhibition. So I was partly out with the, all the small startups or smaller, smallish startups, and then uh, listening to a couple of the sessions. And sessions, I must say, were um, some were really, really, really good. Like the future of finance, I really love that one. Okay, uh, where they had uh, uh, Sebastian uh, from Klarna, and you yeah. had Annika, who's uh, uh, from uh, SAB, one of the biggest banks in the Nordics, and you had. Uh, one from Swedbank, another big bank. Then you had uh, Carl von um, Degere from iSettle was there and uh, the founder of KNC Miners. It was like a oh, really wow. okay. mixed panel with like like big startups, niche Bitcoin startup, but still big and two of the biggest banks in the Nordics. And just seeing that discussion and like, okay, what do they actually think and what do they agree on, what don't they agree on? And that was really good. Yeah. A really interesting panel. And what about... Did you see mm-hmm. Daniel X speak or just yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it actually there were no keynotes. There were only like fireside chats or panels. And that was also really good. So Daniel X, that was no keynote. It was uh, he was being interviewed. Okay. And that was really good. I mean, uh, because in that way you actually get to details which you don't often see in keynotes. Yeah. Unless it's a really well prepared keynote. But most often a keynote is more like a an overview presentation in that sense. And here it was more like I actually could ask details, detailed questions about certain uh, yeah life events or like okay how did that feel like uh, so like asking Daniel Eck okay how long did it actually take to get all the contracts with all the uh, music labels, and he was like yeah we were aiming at six months because that felt realistic and then like two and a half years later we actually had them so like stuff like that it was very it was nice chat with him and then there was one with. Uh, uh, Niklas Sandström and uh, oh. Sebastian Sarkowski uh, from uh, Klarna. And that was also those two together were interviewed. Oh. And that was also really interesting just to hear them talk about the ecosystem as well. And yeah. like, how is it running a startup uh, in the Nordics? And uh, yeah, what's like, what's it like doing it? Like, how's it? I mean, there was, of course, a lot of talk about like culture and taxes and all those kinds of things as well. But that's also interesting just to hear their perspective on that. So, yeah. How many times was the word unicorn mentioned? <laughs> oh, didn't count. Uh, actually, I don't think to, actually, there wasn't too much. Uh, I mean, the event was called um, Stockholm Tech Fest, uh, the Unicorn Factory. Yeah. Or I think Tyler referred to Stockholm as the Unicorn Factory. So, of course, that was mentioned a couple of times. Yeah. But uh, now, it is, now it was, it is I mean, in fairness. I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm just being uh, <laughs> funny. Um, no, but the, the lineup was great. So, just having so many high profile people on stage and just also that it was mostly panels or interviews also makes it so that it actually gives value because they had good interviews interview you were what do you call that yeah good people moderating it yeah uh, so just it, it turned out great in that sense the panels which weren't that great were like when there was uh, one of the panels was like okay somebody from uh, mcdonald's or somebody from uber or, or tesla on stage which aren't uh, ceos or founders yeah yeah. So, because as soon as you have that, you can't really have a discussion because they can't really say anything. No, exactly. 
Ja. It's like ah, are you like the like on the one where it was both uh, Uber and Tesla on stage? It was like ah, are, are, is Uber planning or is Tesla planning to actually compete with Uber in the long run? And like nobody of them can tell anything no. about that. <laughs> so it's like it's it just turns into this kind of little bit like too too broad, like no real details. Yeah. Uh, and how was it for Mojo Mira? You went for for that reason. What's going on at the moment? Yeah, I went mostly for, um, I was part of this uh, startup booth, um, so that's mainly in order to actually meet investors, so we got a couple of meetings with a couple of investors. We're still too early for that, and I know that, So, it, but it was mostly like getting, to, yeah, you no, know, making yourself seen in that kind of uh, context, yeah. so that was actually the main reason, so, and I mean, the ticket was... 3,000 kroner instead of 1,000 kroner or, or something like that. So it was like, okay, it's not much more expensive. I still need to spend an entire day there. I still need to go there and go back uh, because I live in, in southern Sweden. So it was still like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's not so much more money on that, and you, but you get a lot more visibility. And uh, you actually get, you're, I mean, they set up meeting for you with investors you could choose and okay. stuff like that. And how's it going to Mojo Mirror? New, any, any new users, customers? <laughs> So Muchamera is, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, and Muchamera currently is in a very interesting phase where we are actually, uh, yeah. I mean, we have the product; it's the product is out, and we're trying to get uh, customers into it. Uh, and uh, so we're in a customer acquisition phase, and the main goal right now is just to try to get a, to a systematic customer acquisition. So I'm not, I'm actually not trying to convince like. People around me, ah, hi, you should, your company should be a, a customer to Mutchumera, uh, because that would be a little bit faking it in my perspective. Yeah. Uh, so I actually want to like cold. I want to get customers who don't really know me to get to become customers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's going not as good as we want to. So that's a bad thing. Uh, so the aim was to have twenty customers now with, within the first months of release. So like before the end of September. And uh, we're currently at five, which is less okay. uh, than 20. Uh, and uh, we don't really know why we don't have more customers, okay. which is like the worst part. Yeah. So Mutchumera's main customer acquisition channel at the moment is email marketing. So it's like we, we, we buy email addresses and we've bought like 10,000 email addresses to management at small, middle-sized companies in Sweden because it's currently Swedish only. And we email them. We cold email them once yeah. a week. Um, and we've done that. I mean, as, I, as I've said before, the service business to business fitness, it was actually a company we acquired which did something similar before. Um, and they, that was the same customer acquisition channel they used before. So one year ago, and they had during August and September uh, roughly uh, 15 companies as customers. So we were like, oh, now we do it. We're building a completely new service. Looks, everything looks a lot better, mobile focused instead of web focused. Uh, we should definitely be able to, to top that. And we're not really seeing that at okay. the moment so that's like the, that's like hmm what are we doing wrong why isn't this yeah so it's about figuring is, out why it isn't happening i guess yeah but that's the that's the drawback with uh, uh, doing like email marketing that it, you you don't really know you only get to hear about the customers who become customers yeah. like you get no feedback like from almost customers because once once people get in touch with you they that's they, they get in touch with you to order 
Yeah. Like, oh, hi, great. Sounds great. We are 20 people at our company. Oh, we want this deal with the Fitbit charge. Can we get that, please? Okay, good. So, but anybody who's like thinking about ordering, you don't really know. So, are you doing any following up other than the, the cold emails? Uh, I'm, I mean, because it's, we're using email marketing, so you have you actually get a report like, okay, which email addresses that you've sent to have actually opened the yeah, email. Yeah, yeah. And then you also can get like, okay, which, whoever opened the email like three times or something like that, yeah, they yeah. May, I might have sent that internally to, to other people or stuff like that. So then we're trying to call them. Um, it sounds like but, you need Universal Avenue. Yeah, yeah, actually, we should <laughs> probably get Universal Avenue. That's true. So yeah, so we're actually at that phase now because the problem is that uh, it's take it take the it's a the decision for a customer takes a couple of weeks to do because they they see the email so they need to like check internally at their company how many want to be part of this and then they need to get back it to us so yeah. it's not like a quick decision it takes a couple of days or a week or two so it's like first like since one week back that we actually know like okay wait it's actually going slower than we anticipated so now we're trying to actually call those who opened the mail yeah like hi what are you thinking and that's yeah, going okay but it's it, takes time to get through to them and uh, i mean a lot of sometimes it's just like oh no this person actually isn't working here anymore so that email just got forwarded internally to a lot of people and that's why a lot of people have opened that email uh, okay and then it's also like when you call them you can't really say ah i'm calling because i saw that you opened the email <laughs> yeah so you, yeah. so it's also like you you need to like do this cold sale pitch yeah uh, which is really not uh, not always the best i will see we're currently at the customer acquisition experiment phase. <laughs> cool. It sounds good. It sounds interesting, at least. It's, it sounds uh, like it's keeping you occupied. Yes. <laughs> cool. Well, I think that's about it for this week. Obviously, you can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. I'm on Twitter at, at Neil S. W. Murray. Carsten is at Carsten DC. Go to thenordicweb.com and Carsten covers the Ersten region on ersenstartups.com. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Carson. Yeah. Thank you, Neil.